Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 62. I'm your host, Al Qatar, and as always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How are you, Nihal? Uh, I'm not doing too great, to be honest, man. Uh, the U.S. lost to Mexico last night, and it sort of capped off a not-so-great week. But I am excited to be back recording. It's been a while since we've released an episode. Yeah, we've just been both really busy, but we look to start uploading regularly again at least once a week. Absolutely. Before we talk about all the soccer that happened on Friday night, we're going to talk about an amazing soccer-themed clothing brand named Ambitious Strike. You can check out their merchandise at ambitiousstrike.com. If you want a 15% off discount on your entire purchase, enter the code BROTHERS at checkout. It's a great deal. Definitely go check them out. And after this episode, make sure you check out our previous two Soccer Brothers episodes, episodes 60 and 61. In episode 60, we interviewed Landon Donovan. That was a great interview. It was before he announced he was coming out of retirement. And in the last episode, episode 61, we interviewed Daryl Grove of the Total Soccer Show. Also, we just launched our website uh, about a month and a half ago, Soccer Brothers Podcast. Com. A link to that will be in the description as well. Yes, right. So the U.S. took on Mexico on Friday night in the first Hex game, and it was in Columbus Crew Stadium. Everyone's talking about, are they going? is the U.S. going to continue the streak of beating Mexico in Columbus 2-0? Well, unfortunately, it didn't happen, and we got to see it live. Yeah, we did. It was an incredible atmosphere. I know I was there in 2013. You, unfortunately, weren't able to be there because you had a middle school soccer match. Yeah, I'll <laughs> never forget. That, that was a great game. <laughs> Uh, Lost 2 nothing, but it would have been way worse if I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah I'm, sure, I'm sure you impacted that game greatly. Uh, but, yeah, the atmosphere was fantastic. I, I don't know. I didn't really get a chance to talk to you about how you felt about the whole atmosphere. We were sort of bummed out after the game. But the atmosphere... Yeah, no. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it, it was great. There, there were a good amount of Mexico fans, but it was mostly U.S. fans. I mean, after Bobby Wood scored that goal in the second half, it just completely changed... Uh, everyone was on their feet the whole time, of course, as with most soccer games. And it was a classic USA-Mexico game. There were the hard challenges, the yellow cards. We even saw a red card. Yeah. And uh, there was an injury, you know. Two injuries. Um, but, you know, it, it, it yeah, it was, the atmosphere was great. Uh, we've been to a, a lot of U.S. matches now. I think this is, like, my seventh or eighth. This is your fourth or fifth, I think. Um, and, you know, a lot of times we'll be – we won't be with the Outlaws. We've only been with the Outlaws once, and that was against Costa Rica and Chicago during the Copa America. We'll be the only ones singing or standing <laughs> in, like, the center of the field. Um, so, you know, it was nice that everyone was participating in that. Oh, yeah. And it, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And everyone seemed like they kind of knew their soccer knowledge. I mean, it, these tickets cost a lot of money, so yeah. it's, it weren't, you know, it's not just a, an easy game to get into. Right. And... Yeah, overall, Columbus did a great job. I Even though we lost, even though Dos Acero is over, I really, really hope that they continue playing in Columbus. That would be a travesty if they stopped playing in Columbus um, at home against Mexico in World Cup qualifiers. But also, shout out to the... I, I, don't, think that's a, I don't think that's a popular opinion. What? Uh, I mean, we're, we, we live in, in that area, so we want to see it in Columbus. But, I mean, I was listening to other people, and they want it to be in, like, a bigger stadium. That is, uh, no, come on. Really? <laughs> I mean, we want to go to the wait, game. Wait, so, wait, I, mean, wait, I wait, understand, no, no. Who are these other people that you're listening to? I, I was listening to uh, the post-game show on Sirius okay, XMFC. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, people were also saying that Josie Outdoor was terrible in this game. <laughs> it wasn't even a people. That was the host. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, Eric Winala was a great player. I don't agree with him on a lot of things. And I think a lot, I think a lot of people would not be happy if it, it moved from Columbus. Um, 
because sorry, shout out to who? Uh, to the the to the, Me- the Mexican fans in front of us. Uh, they were pretty cool. Um, there was one in a Pikachu onesie. Oh, was interesting. <laughs> I mean, overall, it was it was an amazing experience. We had great. In the middle of the game, he started coughing uncontrollably. It got pretty serious. <laughs> okay, I mean, he was okay. I think he was just choking on pizza. But they like yeah. gave they, they gave us free pizza. Uh, oh yeah. I, I don't know. That might come back to haunt us within, like, 48 hours. It hasn't been long enough t- to know that that hasn't been pointed. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that being... Like I said, the seats... Our seats were amazing. I mean, we were pretty close to the action. Uh, Sasha Kletchton gave us a thumbs up. Yes, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, but Unfortunately, didn't actually... Play. Get to yeah, play. Wh- whatever. But... Well, well, let's talk about the actual soccer. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, just talk about the goals for a second, and then we can go back and have more in-depth tactical analysis. Sounds good. So, in the, tw- so in the 20th minute, uh, Michael Bradley was in a 1v1 with another Mexican player. He lost the challenge. The ball falls to Miguel Ayun, who strikes it outside the box. It takes a deflection and goes in past Timothy Howard. I don't know why I said Timothy Howard. <laughs> but um, And then in the 34th minute... Worth noting, Tim Howard gets injured, and the U.S. changed from a three-five-two to a four-four-two. We'll talk about that more later. Yeah, actually, and, and I know I told you that, but I think they actually switched when Andres Guardado went off like a few minutes earlier. I think that's when they made the change. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew it was, it was like during a stoppage, and they were all right. Yeah, they were right, all right, water. Right. That was my fault. Uh, and then uh, to open the second half, four minutes into the second half, Bobby Wood scores. Josie Altador spins past the defender, plays in a through ball. Bobby Wood takes a good touch and gets the ball in between Miguel Lyon's legs, in between, uh, not exactly, it hit him, but, <laughs> and then it also hits, uh, um... I think Ta- Talavera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was forgetting his name for a yeah. second. They're, they always rotate between keepers, yeah. so it gets confusing. Yeah. Um... And, yeah, then they tied it at 1-1. It looked like the U.S. could capture a point at home, but in the 88th minute, Miguel Ayun took a corner. Rafa Marquez had an unmarked header and put it past Brad Guzan, and it ended 2-1 to to Mexico. Yeah, and before we talk about the tactics, let's talk about the historical implication of this match. This is the first time we've lost a home World Cup qualifier in 15 years. It's also the first time we've lost to Mexico at home in a, comp- in a World Cup qualifier, not a competitive match. We lost in the CONCACAF Cup. In a World Cup qualifier since 1944, I believe. Is, is that right? Uh, Sorry, not, 19, yes. not 1944. Since 40, 44 years ago. <laughs> not 1944. Yeah, yeah. 1972. Um, so I, I just wanted to get that out there. It's, 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 another, it's another first for Jurgen Klinsmann. But, yeah, I mean... I don't discredit to the Mexican national team. I mean, they're clearly more talented than we are on paper. And yeah. I, I feel like if there wasn't all this hype about the history, like, just in general, losing at home to Mexico, I know that's something that we don't do, but, like, I feel like another soccer fan who lived somewhere else and just saw our teams and that result wouldn't be, like, surprised. Maybe, but I, you know, I disagree. I think this is a match you have to win. Um, or at least get a point out of losing. You should never lose at home when you're one of the top two or three teams in a region. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's that's where I, I think that's where our standard has to be. To be honest, I agree. I agree. So Jurgen opened up in a three-five-two. We we hadn't played this formation since two years ago in a friendly versus Chile. Why did do you think Jurgen did this, and what was the problem with it? Well, Klinsman said that the, it looked good in practice. Um, so that he decided to use it. Um, the main problem was I thought 
Timmy Chandler was too isolated against the left side of Mexico, um, where uh, Jesus Corona and Miguel Layun could sort of be a two-on-one in multiple situations. And then Omar Gonzalez, there was a lot of space between Omar Gonzalez, who was the right center back, and John Brooks, um, who's the center, central center back, because Gonzalez is not that fast. I thought Mexico did a really good job of exploiting that space. Um, and then also, I think it goes back to Klinsman in that, you know, Michael Bradley basically said um, there was no tactical direction. We didn't know what to do tactically. And that's an indictment on Jurgen Klinsmann. And when you're trotting out a new formation for the first time, it's hard to know what you're doing if you have no direction. So I think when we switched the 4-4-2, the U.S. players were a little bit more comfortable um, and they, they knew what, what, what they're doing. And um, I was reading some stuff and listening to some stuff and uh, actually the Total Soccer Show uh, where they said that Michael Bradley and Jermaine Jones actually went and talked to Jurgen Klinsmann and convinced him to change it to a 4-4-2. So the, <laughs> the players did that. Um, and, you know, we didn't get a chance to rewatch the full match. That's stuff we tend to miss when you're at the match. Um, but I think just overall, the posi- the spacing was really weird. It, it was It was a 3-5-2, um, but, you know, it was... It was a weird-looking formation. Klinsman said it was a 3-4-3, which sort of makes sense because Chandler wasn't playing really right wing back. He was playing right wing or right midfield. Um, and there's, there was just a lot of space for Mexico to exploit, in my opinion. So uh, everyone's eyes now are on Christian Pulisic, the 18-year-old for Borussia Dortmund. Do you think that one of the negatives that you you mentioned before that we started recording was that Pulisic got less involved after we switched formations? Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the difference between the, what you saw there. Yeah, I, I think Pulisic did get. I think he was sort of isolated um, when we switched to a four four two when he went out wide. When in the three five two he was playing underneath the striker, uh, the strikers. Excuse me. Uh, that being said, I think. I think it was the right change because although Pulisic was getting involved in the attack, there was like. There was so much space for Michael Bradley and Jermaine Jones to cover by themselves that I couldn't really do. Um, I think switching to the four four two gave uh, gave the U.S. a little more stability on the wings, so Chandler wasn't covering everyone. Um, but oh, you know, overall, I I think yeah, he was a little bit more isolated, but I think he still was really good in possession. And when he got the ball, um, he did have a couple of mistakes. Like when in, in the first half, when he really should have scored, he had a bad touch. Was that the first half or the second half? Um, I, that was the first half. Uh, that was the second half, wasn't it? No, that was the first half. Because wasn't it towards us? Wasn't it on our side of the field? Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. Yeah, I'm forgetting. Um, but he, you know, yeah, I, I, he had a few like half chances, but there was one big one. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think he had a good match. I think he was still one of the better players on the on the pitch for the U.S. And for, I mean, just in general. Yeah. So, do you think that this loss of of Tim Howard is going to have an impact? Tim Howard looked very good. He's been in really good form for for the Rapids. Why? I mean, how do you think this is going to affect the U.S. if at all? I think Tim Howard. Well, I think Tim Howard is a better goalkeeper than Brad Guzan. I think him being in form is really helpful. He was not having a good time at Everton. I think the one thing that Tim Howard does much better than Brad Guzan is organizing his defense and telling them where they need to be. Um, But like I said, I I just think he's overall a better keeper than Brad Guzan and a better leader. And I think that's what we're losing. That being said, I think 
I trust Brad Guzanti to a job, especially in a one-off match. We saw him do it in the Azteca uh, three years ago. Um, so I, I have faith in Brad Guzan, but I think goalkeeper, I, I think we thought this cycle Brad Guzan was going to be the answer, and it hasn't been the case. So we're, we're going to need to, I think we're going to need to turn to someone like an Ethan Horvath pretty soon. Um, yeah, but, I, I feel like a few years ago, we ha- I mean, we, we still had keepers that are still playing now. But it seemed like they were all better. Like even Romando and well, Romando's Guzan. Romando's old. Guzan's not really playing uh, for Middlesbrough. That's true. Uh, Victor Valdez is the starter there. So you know, Tim Howard comes back. He's in form. He's one of the better goalkeepers in MLS. And uh, Jurgen picks him. In the first half, one of the players that I noticed the most, uh, who I was just displeased with, was was Fabian Johnson. I I, I you know. We always used to get mad when you're going to put him at the left back role. We expect a lot from him in that wing position, and some of his crosses were just not good. Particularly in the fourth minute, he, he one of the first chances we, we had, we outnumbered the Mexican defenders, but he just skied it over the goal yeah. uh, with one of his crosses. What do you think? It was just a bad night for Fabian Johnson, or what, what was going on? There? I think he's a little bit better when he's playing defender. Actually, um, you know, it, th- those types of crosses happen. I think when you, I, I think you sort of talked about this with Michael Bradley when we were just talking. When you have a player of Fabian Johnson's caliber, all of their mistakes are under a magnifying glass. I'd say. Um, that being said, he was not as, as as influential as we would like him to be. So I think in that sense, it wasn't a great night for him. Um, and then just, I mean, all around, you know, it, it was it was an interesting night for him because he got moved to right back when DeAndre Edlin came on, which I didn't really understand. Um, so, you know, it, he's still one of our best players. I, I, I wouldn't read too much into it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had a decent shot in the second half, just a one-time shot off Timothy Chandler's pass. Yeah. And, uh, it's skied. But Man, you, you really like shot. saying Timothy, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hosmer, Altador, Josmer. Uh, yeah, I'm using all first names now. <laughs> or full names. Brecken Shea. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Michelangelo Bradley. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm just making stuff up. But, okay, so, you know, a lot of times, and I, I understand this, when you have a player such as of Pulisic's caliber, it seemed like the ball was going um, straight from the defense to Pulisic, and then he would spark the attack. Yeah. And, and I, 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 that might have been Jurgen's, you know, call leave Jermaine Jones and Bradley more to defend Mexico's dangerous counterattack. But w- what did you think of Bradley and Jones in, in the midfield or the holding midfield or the defensive midfield, whatever you want to call it? Um, I still don't think they have a great partnership. I think Jermaine Jones was probably the better of the two last night. Uh, I think he made better passes. Uh, you know, Michael Bradley missed Bobby Wood for a wide open goal. Um, Michael Bradley, there were chances for him to drive forward where he didn't. Jermaine Jones, he made some great tackles. Um, although, you know, Michael Bradley did spark that attack by stealing the ball um, by stealing, when he missed Bobby Wood. I think they both looked much more comfortable in the 4-4-2. Uh, I just wish we had a more attacking player like Sasha Question on the field. I think that could have really benefited the U.S.'s attack. Yeah, I completely agree. 
in the attack, we, we saw Bobby Wood and Josie Altador, two two you know fairly proven players for the national team. We were missing, um, we are missing Jordan Morris and Clint Dempsey due to injury. I think if those players were available, would you have still started this way? I mean, it seems like somewhat of an irrelevant question, but you know, this is how I look at it. I, I probably would have started maybe Clint Dempsey and Bobby Wood. Um, because I think Bobby Wood is just a speedy player that Clint Dempsey can still play off of. And I think that the role that Josie was trying to play was something that, that Clint Dempsey can just do a, a little better. Yeah, and, uh, well, yeah, you're right. I think when we switched the 4-4 to Dempsey was, or sorry, excuse me, Althor was playing more of that withdrawn full, forward. And I turned to you during the match, and I was like, is Josie Althor playing central attacking midfield? And that's where his positioning looked like. He was getting the ball from deep. And I think that's actually where Josie's better. Um, that being said, Clint Dempsey does it better than jo- Josie Altador. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Clint Dempsey and Bobby Wood, or even Clint Dempsey and Jordan Morris might be our best attacking duo. Um, but it's hard, I mean, it's impossible to drop Josie Altador after the performance last night, because he was great, I thought. Um, you know, he, on the, on the last goal when Rafa, Rafa Marquez scored, it had to be Rafa Marquez, Josie Altador was caught, um with his hands on his hips a little bit, but ultimately it wasn't really his fault that the goal was scored. Um, and it's just mental lapses like that, which make a good performance by Josie out the door seem a little worse than they were. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think I think it's great to have all these options. I, I don't remember a time, at least when I was, when I've since I've been watching the U.S. national team, that we've had forward options like this. Uh, I think... I don't think anyone is a guaranteed starter in this team. Um, I think Bobby Wood isn't. Um, I don't think Josie Altador is, and I don't think Clint Dempsey is. You know, who knows if Clint Dempsey will even be able to play again? Which is something on like, this entire team. Are you saying? What do you mean uh, about, about guaranteed starters? Oh no, I think Michael Bradley's a guaranteed starter. Uh, I think John Brooks is a guaranteed starter. Uh, I don't know about that. I think Fabian. Yeah, John Brooks is. Yeah. I think Fabian Johnson's a guaranteed starter. Um, and I think if Jeff Cameron is healthy, who's someone we missed in defense dearly, as but you know, Jeff Cameron would be actually I think pretty good in a four four two or if, excuse me a three five a three a three in the back. Um, but I think we missed him a lot. I think Jeff Cameron, John Brooks, uh, Michael Bradley, and to me, I guess if Clint Dempsey is healthy, he probably is a starter because um, he's still the best goal scorer we have in the pool. But like I said, who knows if Clint Dempsey will even be able to play yeah, again. Yeah, that's it's sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, like, sometimes I feel bad leaving one of those strikers, because uh, I, I really do kind of, in a way, well, like them all. Don't, I, I, don't forget Aaron Johansson. Yeah, Aaron Johansson, who's on, who's on the roster, didn't didn't get to come on yeah. uh, on Friday night. He's also a player that, that is good. Um I still think he needs to get needs to be playing for Werder Bremen week in week out, which he hasn't hasn't been doing. But yeah. he, he he's had solid performances when he's played. Um, but you know, no matter what, even if we're saying these these this guy isn't the best two one of the best two forwards, they're going to get a chance whether it's substitutions or an MLS only game or European only game or injuries. You know, they're they're all you know they're all part of the team, so it's not right. like. And, and can yeah. I say something? I. I would rather Jurgen pick a system that works the best for our players, um, and maybe even have to sacrifice some of those some of our better players to use it, to utilize a system that works for the U.S. national team as a whole. Uh, and I think too often it's just the best players on the field disjointed. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Can we talk about Darlington Nagby for a second? Okay. You're, you're <laughs> going to make me sad. <laughs> so apparently Klinsman and Darlington Nagby had like a falling out, and he may not return to the U.S. national team. Under Klinsman. I, yeah, under Klinsman. That just pisses me off a little bit. Hell yeah. First of all, he was never completely given a fair chance to me. Yeah. And he he always made an impact when he was on the field, so I don't understand. Yeah, I know. It's it's well, apparently Darlington Nagby is a player who likes direction and Klinsman doesn't give that. Um and <laughs> Oh wow. Yeah, well, right. Uh and also, you know, Klinsman's all about being nasty. That's something we say all the time, and Darlington Nagby is not really like that. Um Sasha Kleshin is a little bit more like that. Uh, but like you said, I mean, he he makes the team so much better. And it's just, you know, obviously they had a falling out. Klinsman said there are some players ahead of him right now. I really don't think Caleb Stanko is a better player than, than Darlington Nagby. Um, I think maybe Benny Fellhaber deserves a chance. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad Sasha Kleshin has gotten a chance because yeah. he is a player like that uh, who's playing well, so... I, I don't know. I just... Well, why, with that, why don't we just talk about Jurgen Klinsmann? Um, you know, I, I think if we lose to Costa Rica, I think he should be fired. Um, under Jurgen Klinsmann, we've had our first three-game home losing streak since 1997. What if we, like, oh, wait, wait, let, me, let, me fin- let me finish. Right. Our first three-game home losing streak since 1997. First four-game home winless streak against CONCACAF opponents since Lyndon B. Johnson was president. Failed to qualify mm-hmm. for the Confederations Cup, which he listed as a top priority. Um, we've missed back-to-back Olympics. That's the first time for the U.S. in 50 years. He has failed to beat a top 10 teams in competitive matches in six tries. The previous three coaches got had five wins combined. Um, he has the worst points per game versus top 20 teams of any U.S. coach in a long time. His team's loss to Jamaica in 2012 was the first time the U.S. had ever lost to them. When they lost to them in 2015, that was the first time we'd ever lost to them at home. Um, the U.S. MNT's loss to Guatemala in 2016 was the first time we've lost to them since the Reagan administration. Guatemala in 2016 was the lowest-ranked team to ever beat the United States in the history of the FIFA rankings and beat the U.S. with two players going 90 minutes who are in MLS and have not even gotten to a match. Uh, you know, he's... He's, uh, he's been, his teams have been outshot 292 to 169 in the last three tournaments in, and the CONCACAF Cup. Um, 2014 featured both the lowest perce- possession percentage and the few- fewest shots per game of any U.S. World Cup team um, it, ever. Um, and fewest, fewest shots of any of the 12 teams in the Gold Cup group stage, including a Canada team that didn't score and a Cuba team with a negative seven goal differential. And then also now our first home World Cup qualifying loss in 15 years and the first time we've lost to Mexico at home in a World Cup qualifier in 44 years. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. And, and the, fact, the fact that he gives no tactical direction really aggravates me. And I think it's really hurting this team as a whole. Now, he's not going to be fired. Sunil Gulati came out today and said no U.S. men's national team coach has been fired during the Hex and he expects Klinsman to finish um, the Hex. That being said, I think it's time for a change. I've talked about it before. Philip Lom, Tony Cruz, these players say he gives no tactical advice. Um, I mean, I just don't think it's working. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he somehow turns the corner again um, and we destroy Costa Rica and we breeze through the hex and have a good 2018 World Cup under Klinsman. 
But I think overall, it's it's time to go. Yeah, I. Well, and let's look at let's look at some of the tactical stuff. Last night, obviously the three four three didn't work. Michael Michael Bradley and Jermaine Jones had to tell him they needed to switch. He brings on DeAndre Yedlin as a winger, moves Fabian Johnson back to right back, takes brings on Michael Orozco, who shouldn't be on the roster. I understand Matt Beasler was. Um, cramping, but I would much rather have seen him flip Fabian Johnson to left back, move DeAndre Edlin back to right back, and bring an attacking player like an Ale Bedoya, yeah. a Sasha Kledgeson, a Julian Green, uh, Lyndon Gooch, these players who are on the bench. Um, and it's just consistently this team has let us down with arguably the most talented player pool we've had in the history of the United States. Yeah. I right, right when we saw Michael Orozco coming on, we were a bit disappointed. Yeah, and you know, my my user was getting beaten. He did have cramps, but I think there were other solutions to that. Right, right. It, like you, you you just proposed an alternative that that would allow a player like Clutchin or Green to come up, come on. Right, and I think more oftentimes, I feel like whenever a team subs on a center back with ten minutes left to go or something, it just doesn't. Right. It doesn't work. And he doesn't take responsibility. He said last night the reason it didn't work, the 3-4-3, three, the three, three, was that Bradley and Jones weren't good enough. How about take some responsibility and say this was a crappy formation? You know, take, it's never Jurgen Klinsmann's fault. It's the fans' fault. It's the media's fault for not knowing enough. Um, it's the players' fault, which, you know, is, is sometimes true. It's sometimes true. But you put... So how, how much do you think that this frustration is linked to Jurgen Klinsmann's rhetoric when he came into this position. I think a lot of it, but, you know, he he didn't meet his own expectations, but I just listed you stats um, saying he hasn't even met expectations of a normal U.S. coach. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think that's that may be part of it. Um, ugh, God, it's just, he really needs to take some responsibility, and... He should be on the hot seat, but we all know he's not. Um, you know, Klinsman said the second half was great. This is a quote. The second half was outstanding. We just needed a couple of goals. Really? Yeah, yeah. Would that I have helped us win? The second half was great. You know, we had, in the first half, we had, what, like 30 touches, around 30 to 40 touches in the first half, in, in the attacking third. In the second half, we had 80, about 35 more yeah, no. than Mexico. Great. But this this could have been a lot worse. I mean, Mexico... They had, yeah, three, Mexi- they had three chances in the first half. They probably should have put it away. Yeah, they hit the post two twice. or three times. Yeah. yeah, twice. And scored a goal. And, you know, Ronald Koeman, the new manager at Everton, when there was something, when he made a tactical mistake, he made a change in the 30th minute against West Brom. He switched from a 5-3-2 to a 4-3-3. To a in the, in, and we ended up winning, Everton ended up winning that game. In the press conference, people were saying, oh, wow, you know, you made such a great tactical change. He said, yeah, but I shouldn't have put the team in that position in the first place. That's the kind of accountability you want from a manager. Yeah. And I, yeah, and the thing, just, I, I just don't agree with some of the, I, I feel like he does play favorites, and he does let his per, like personal stuff get in the way. Like like when he threw Fabian Johnson underneath the bus right. for for wanting to come out of the game. Right. Like what does that do? No, exactly. He, and he threw he, he threw Michael Bradley and Jermaine Jones under the bus after this game. Yeah. And you. And I'll like, never get over Landon Donovan's omission. I'm sorry. Right. And you feel like 
maybe he's losing the players. Oh, I think he's lost them a long time ago. Yeah. I think there was some belief at the beginning, which which may have, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I think he did have us grouped together at least. If it, Maybe not tactically, maybe we weren't ever tactically apt, but, you know, w- there was the spirit. Right. I think now it's... Spirit doesn't win you matches, I'm sorry. It helps, but it doesn't win you matches. Yeah, it doesn't win you matches. Now it's just... I feel like we're relying on on individual brilliance from a few players a couple times, and you know that that's well, making this look closer. And that, and that's, and you know, when you said when you look at Mexico's team and our teams, yeah, they do have better players, but we have a good team. We have a team that should beat or at least get a point against Mexico at home. I think. <laughs> uh, it's tough to say. Oh, come on, Mexico is not that much. Mexico is not better than we are now than they were 15 years ago when Dos Alceros started. Maybe not. I mean, Maybe that's not. just... Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's just a fact. So, yeah, they have good players, but, you know, it's it's a match we should have won. And, you know, you look at the corner kick, too, that Mexico scored on. There were no defense, defensive tactics. Were we playing zone? Were we playing man-to-man? Who knows? I mean... The players have to decide themselves. Yeah, exactly. But. Um, all right, so, 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 you know, Mexico's done, you know, we have to move on. Our second game in the Hex is on Tuesday against Costa Rica, at Costa Rica. We've never won a World Cup qualifying match in Costa Rica. Yeah, so that could be a first. That could be a good first for you again. Yeah. Maybe we'll win a, maybe we'll win a tech or two. I don't want, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I don't want that to excuse him, but whatever, you know what, we just have to root for the team. Well, you know, if we, if we have zero points after two games, we're in a pretty bad place. Which is some kind of good too. Okay. <laughs> I know. You, I don't. I know you want Jurgen gone that badly. I do. You want to? Do you want to just go to the round of sixteen every World Cup and then and then lose out? Uh, I'd like to make the World Cup. <laughs> we we will whether we have Jurgen or not. I I, I truly believe that okay. even if we lose to Mexico, don't. Uh, well, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I I don't know. I mean, I want Jurgen gone. I've already said that. But, yeah, but I also would rather have, you know, it's like Donald Trump. We don't agree with him, but we'd rather have the U.S. be better off in four years. Right. So, but that's, so exactly. that's different because Trump cannot be impeached for, for like, lack of quality. Okay, that's fair. Like, like if he had, like, a really bad, if Trump had, like, a really bad first year and he could be impeached, then I feel like I maybe might root yeah, for that. Yeah, but then Mike Pence would be president, so. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, it's uh, it's good. The U.S. national team is good because right now the nation is so divided. We can all just get together right. and root for the U.S. because we're all Americans, Absolutely. and we all we no matter what we believe in, we're all or where we come from, we're all Americans. Yeah. Okay, unless you're not American and you're listening to this podcast, which is possible. Unlikely. But I mean, possible. if you're in England or India, I know we have some listeners in India. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Um, sorry, but what did you, did you, yeah, what changes do you want to see versus Costa Rica? Well, I, I want to see a start with a 4-4-2. I would like to see Sasha Kledgston starting. Um, I mean, those are really the things I want to see. I just want to see, I want to see an encouraging performance. That's honestly the main thing for me at this point. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to make a prediction now. I'm going to say the U.S. wins 
2-0 thanks to goals from one from Pulisic in the first half and then Pulisic assists in the second half to Josie. I think we're, I think we're going to lose 3 to 1. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was the pessimist. Uh, yeah. I thought I was the pessimist. I, I don't see us. If you don't know, my brother started a blog like before we started the podcast called the and before we started writing for this other website called the Deluded Yank and he would just provide optimistic thoughts with the US national team. What happened to that guy? <laughs> Uh, I think I was just less aware of how soccer operated at that point. No, I think Jurgen Klinsmann murdered that man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, check out Ambitious Strike. They're an amazing clothing theme or soccer themed clothing brand based in Arizona. They got great merchandise. You can check out their merchandise at ambitiousstrike.com. If you want a 15% off discount on your entire purchase, enter the code BROTHERS at checkout. We have a Facebook, we have an Instagram, that's at Soccer Bros Pod. Our Twitter is also at Soccer Bros Pod. You can email us questions at soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to review or rate depending on what uh, thing you're on. If you're listening off Twitter through SoundCloud, you should probably move over to iTunes or Google Play uh, so you can listen to us offline. Yep. Uh, also, check out our website, soccerbrotherspodcast.com. Listen to the last two episodes. Um, also, our Facebook is Soccer Brothers Podcast. Our Twitter and Instagram are at Soccer Brothers Pod. All right, yeah, we'll look to uh, start this back up again regularly. And uh, thank you for your support. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you after Tuesday. Yep, we'll see you next time for episode 63 of the Soccer Brothers Podcast, U.S. Men's National Team versus Costa Rica Review. See you then. Yeah.